Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres have won three of their last four. They're taking on Carolina tonight. We'll give you a little update on the Amherst here a little later on in the segment. They're also hosting their Hockey Fights Cancer Night this Friday with Utica in town. So it'll be a special night organizationally to uh, honor those in the fight in our respective and connected communities in both Buffalo and Rochester. So looking forward to that. Um, I hope you weren't paying attention to the out-of-town scoreboard last night because there were very few games. There were five Eastern Conference teams in action. All of them picked up points. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I dare say that goaltending was uh, the biggest reason why, man. Like, Jeremy Swayman was so good against Dallas. Joseph Wall was really good for Toronto in relief of uh, Samsonov. Um you had Spencer Martin in relief in Columbus who absolutely stole a point and they should have walked out of Florida with two points in regulation. Yeah. They were down three, nothing. They had a four, three lead in the third period until Provorov decided to give it up inside his own zone in the final minute, right to the Panther player who took one step to the inside, shot the puck, scored. And then of course the jackets losing overtime but honestly marty this to me was a fascinating game um you know the fact that the panthers who've been they've been okay certainly not dominant uh roared out to a three nothing lead you're like wow like this is this is the florida team right but then you're looking at it from oh my gosh what is pascal vincent up against with this team he's already put johnny gaudreau on high alert by benching him um He's had to deal with the line A injury, which was the result of the Anderson four-game suspension. He's not had the goaltending consistently. And it's just that nightmare situation on the heels of coming in unexpectedly on the heels of the Babcock debacle, right? And yet, there they were down 3-0 on the road, and they roar back, and they almost get two points out of this game. I, If ever a loss should feel like a win for Columbus, I would say it was last night in Florida. Yeah, they battled back, and look, it was a beautiful overtime goal, right? The pass-off pad, like you come in on a two-on-one, you do the shot off the right pad, it comes out, rebounds in. They battled back, which was great. Uh, but hey, look, Columbus is going to have some of those moments uh, where they're trying to put their their system together. They're trying to find how to manage games. I don't know that they have the best of goaltending, and although Spencer Martin has been good, as you say, but Merzlikens has struggled at times. 
Um, right. So I'm I'm saying this this had the feel of a win for Columbus, and it's hard because you lose five four in OT, but it did have the battle back. I think coaches are gonna usually use that as a positive. Now you mentioned Boston, Dallas. There's a well, really hang good on. I game. just oh, I just, just want to say like Merzlikens gave up three on ten shots. Spencer Martin came in. Yeah, he stopped thirty four of thirty six. They were grossly outshot forty six twenty three. And yeah. you know, I, again, is that feasible moving forward? I've <laughs> said it not. for for a couple oh. of years now. I almost feel like Merzlikens needs a change of address. Like he's a capable yeah. goaltender, and there's so much that has happened in in Columbus uh personally for him losing his right, his friend like at a you know yeah. a fourth of july party the whole thing like it just to me it's almost like he needs to just go somewhere else and and not have that great dark dark cloud over him for a couple of years so mm-hmm. um that's how i would do it now boston dallas interesting it's 3-1 boston pavelski gets a deflection goal with about 30 some seconds left 30 seconds left shocker Shocker, right? And and Boston is like, maybe it was high sick. Now, Dallas didn't have their time out. So Dallas is looking at the ref. Go look at it. Go look at it. They're yelling. They're yelling at the referees. Go take a look at it, right? Because they want the refs and the league to stall so they can give their guys a breather. I thought it was so funny from, you know, uh, you know the Dallas side of the things to be able to, like, just know that it's a goal, but in all good sportsmanship, uh, because Boston was also asking, hey, was that a high stick? So, yeah, Dallas is like, could have been a high stick. Go look at it. They're sending the referees look at it, and then they did. It didn't take long. and But they did get a kind of some time out in the, in the, in the middle of it to be able to uh, sit their guys down and try to get another one late in the game. It didn't happen. Yeah, the Bruins improved to 10-1-1. and They are 21 points on the standing, six better than Detroit, seven better than Tampa and Toronto. Oh. We mentioned Florida and Columbus moments ago. Florida yeah. sitting on 13, Buffalo's at 12, even Columbus is at 11. So despite all of their issues, they've hung in there. And again, it's kind of how we talked off in this offseason, um, you know, sometimes glowingly or more glowingly about some of the Eastern conference teams than others, but uh, it was, it was t- tough to watch Dallas where, you know, oh. they're a very good team, but they just couldn't beat Swayman last night for the most part. And uh, he was full measure for the win. Now let's go. Let's go. What do you yes. make of Buffalo's week here with this, you know, schedule tonight in Carolina, you've got hockey fights, cancer on Friday at mm-hmm. home. And then you're right. That's against Minnesota. And then you're right back out Pittsburgh on Saturday, based on what Don Granado said yesterday, likelihood of mm, something more similar to a rotation here in the next little while and Ukopekalukanen worked out of the starters net at the optional skate this morning like how are you viewing this and what's your opinion on how you would maybe handle this well, week and I'll answer forward. that question first how I would handle this week the way that I would have looked at this week is a three game week tonight and then Friday, Saturday on back to back. So there is going to be one goaltender that's going to play two and one goaltender that's going to play one. I, you know, if it hadn't been a back to back Friday, Saturday, could you have thought about sending the same goalie for all three games? If it was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, maybe, but because of the way the schedule is laid out two and one. So how I look at it is who would I want in that for the two games? And who would I want in, get in that for one? And at the end of the day, 
the way the season started and the way that my mind was thinking of using Levi this year, I would want Levi to go two games and UPL to go one. Now, I understand that that most likely is not what's going to happen. Lukanen was in the starters net this morning. So, and Don Granado did say yesterday that he felt like a bit of a rotation in net right now because both goaltenders were playing well. Um, you know, Levi played well in Toronto Saturday night and, and UPL had been playing well of late. So I would, I, I would, I would assume they're going to go with Lukanen tonight. And then I would assume it's going to be Levi and Lukanen split in the Friday, Saturday game. That's not how I would have gone. And, and look, maybe it's my, you know, I put Devin Levi on a higher step right now, um, because of the upside that he has. And I do feel the first four game of the seasons. I wouldn't have played him for a game, but obviously looking back kind of like is easier to to say than done. But Mm -hmm. now I would say, okay, you're healthy. You're good to go play two. UPL plays one. And then we'll see where we are next week. That's how I would have handled it. But I don't, I don't think that the Sabres are looking at UPL saying uh, you're our guy. I think it's just a rotation where this week, maybe UPL plays two and Levi one next week. Maybe it's Levi two and UPL one. That's the way they they're looking at it. Well, the only things I know are that Levi has defeated Carolina in his young career and that Lukanen has been very good against Minnesota, who is coming in for Hockey Fights Cancer Night. He's 2-0-1 against the Wild. So, But those things can be parked, and we will likely see it the opposite of that or something similar or dissimilar. Every time I've tried to pick a starting goalie last year, remember, I was always the opposite. So if you'd asked me today, who would you start tonight? I would have said Levi, and I probably would continue to be wrong because I was wrong all year last year, and it started like this this year. You know what though, and and honestly, like it was such a meaty podcast yesterday. You really should go back and listen to it. Um, I need meaty. to throw some bouquets in your direction. Okay. Remember when you were talking about the challenges on home ice for the Sabers? Yes. Like yeah. right now, they're sitting here as one of the highest scoring road teams in the NHL, averaging four point six goals per game. And and you were like, but why? Why are people? disappointed that they haven't you know corrected some of their inconsistent ways from a year ago at home where they are currently three and four well you were a hundred percent right in the assessment especially of the four losses on home ice this year in each of them they have given up at least one goal very early in the game Mm -hmm. They have never led in any of those four games, and they've just never built that energy, right? And conversely, in the three wins, they scored first in all of them. They never trailed in any of them, and it was a totally, you know, so you can understand why Don Granado instinctively, I think, mentions the first goal importance. It's not, he knows that it's not a be all and end all because of how the game is played these days. Yes. But he does know because he's seen it firsthand too many times at home that it seemingly has an effect or <laughs> is at, at worst uh, an example of foreshadowing potentially of things to come when they just don't get things rolling early enough. So I think moving forward, the starts are going to be like really fascinating to watch. Like, how does. How does he use his lineup on home ice? Like, who does he start? Does he find 
a trio or back-to-back lines that come out of the blocks the right way. You know, these are, these are things that are easily overlooked in the context of 82 games and, and all the, you know, the time that you actually play, but at some point they're going to have to find that, that secret sweet spot for them on home ice. Right. And right now the coaching staff job of managing this group, I think is managing their emotional level. Um, Because as you point out, like, you know, first game of the year against the Rangers, the Rangers are locking up the neutral zone. The Flyers are going to lock you up. You're, you're not going to get 40 shots against the, the Flyers on any given night. They lock you up. And Don talked about how Friday night they didn't have their energy. There was frustration and negative frustration and whatnot. And look, said they were in a bit of a fog. They actually. were in a bit of a fog. That was the quote. Absolutely. And I'm like, that's the biggest job right now because their losses this year have become where the offense has disappeared, right? And that's not where they were last year. The offense not right. being able to generate much, being in that fog, being frustrated. Um, I personally think that's the biggest challenge for this coaching group right now. Not so much, okay, here's the game plan. Here's the, the structure. Here's our power play. Here's our lines. No, it's ma- like being able to manage that, the first five minutes don't all of a sudden just sink you down into uh-huh. a, a foggy state or a negative energy frustrated state. No. And how do you, how do you, it's not words. It's not, Hey guys, we got this. Let's go. It's not youth hockey here. It's about finding the right people to put on the ice so that you can start to generate that energy. That's yeah. the biggest challenge right now. And again, it comes back to, you have two lines that are going, and you have two lines that are searching for something right now. That mm-hmm. look at Toronto. Toronto's the same way. They have two lines that are going and two lines that are nowhere. And so they have to find a way to generate energy. And then they lose to to Buffalo Saturday night. They win one last night, which you know was a high scoring game. It's almost the same challenge in Buffalo right now with that group. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Toronto game, among the many others, um, like the one we talked about with Florida and Carolina, Columbus, pardon me, um, and then going back to the weekend with Carolina and the Islanders and mm-hmm. multiple games that night, like three goal leads have disappeared up plenty in the yeah. NHL over the last five days, like a lot. And so out with the whole two goal lead thing, um, like we're we're living in a three goal lead disappearing a lot right now. Um, and that, again, that's it's relevant because of what we just said, like you can't let a couple of hiccups in the first few minutes, destroy your ultimate game plan here. So, um, so I'll be, I'll be interested to see. And I mentioned earlier, like 4.6 goals per game right now, the Sabres are scoring on the road. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's third best in the league. Um, uh, that's, that's a pretty good appetite or a recipe for success. Right. So, um, we'll see if they can take advantage of, uh, anti-Ranta who's in goal and they are the Sabres going to go with the 12, six configuration. Um, I would expect to see a lot of Johnson and Darlene based on what the coach has confirmed. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Like Ryan Johnson is, we, we, he was kind of one a to Benson, right. Through yeah. the whole training camp and preseason as, but it, it seemed less likely that Johnson could stick around based simply on numbers. But Benson had that window because we all knew that Jack Quinn wasn't going to be there to start the season. Right. So there was a little bit more wiggle room for him. And then he ultimately slotted in with Middlestad and Greenway to start the season before he too ended up with an injury. But Johnson was 
really, really impressive all the way through training camp, preseason, Amherst games, and now even with one NHL game under his belt. So excited to see him again tonight. Very excited to see him again tonight. And again, in the third period where Dowling and Ryan Johnson played together significantly, um, they were good. They were about even when you look at the expected goals against and the expected goals for the shot attempts for and against were close as well. So look, this is, this is, a, a young player that came in and all of a sudden in the third period where there was a lot of goals and mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, back and forth, I think settled in really well with Rasmus Dallin. Let's remember it was three to Buffalo after two period. And then they put Dallin and Johnson together. The game ends up six, four, like it was five goals in the first two periods, five goals in the third. It's not an easy place to be, but they did not look out of place together. And I thought they complimented each other really well. I I'm looking forward to see the, those two go together. How long will he stay up? How are the Amherst impacted by Johnson being up with the Sabres? We'll do that. And some one words when we come back on Sabres live. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.